0: Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Join hosts, Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director, and Kevin Bartolacci, director of research and education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together, they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another and hopefully you too.
1: Hello everyone, thank you for joining us once again, if you are a first time listener, welcome uh, I don't want to be too dramatic, uh, but I also am being very intentional to, not, uh, to also not be very enthusiastic And yet I don't want to be somber, but I think we're going to be addressing a serious, heavy subject today And I think that may be it, that may be the only thing we address, uh, I, I don't know um, but I'm pretty sure we're going to cover this topic because it's pretty heavy. Ideally, this podcast, each and every episode, ideally, if we wanted to do it this way and we're intentional about doing it this way, ideally, we would have one short segment that dealt with uh, faith, one short segment that addressed finances, and then another segment that addressed uh, an explosive topic or something of interest that frustrates us in some way. Today, we're dealing with what I would consider an explosive topic in more ways than one, Kevin and I were bowling together last night. Our good friend Michael had his phone and read a notification about a fatal shooting. Kevin came back to the table because he was bowling at the time Michael mentioned it. I told Kevin the news, and Kevin had an appropriate response that was equal to my response. And I said, you want to get together and record tomorrow? Let's just talk about this subject because his response was similar to mine and I made arrangements last night got home and notified the producer and said hey can we have some studio time and
2: luckily they worked it in for us that's right and I came straight here from work so I'm actually in long pants and a long sleeve shirt which is probably the first time that's happened since we started recording I'm just glad you're clothed but as opposed that's to that's another reason normally, we set 10 yeah, feet
1: apart yeah I feel bad for even I, I know that, <laughs> that was a little that was, a little that was a little that uh, was a little jocularity yes you know? Uh, jocularity. I, that's right. Yeah, I, I feel uh, somewhat guilty about doing that. And Father I sh- Mulcahy, by the yeah, way. That's Father, my invitation. Father Francis For those who didn't Mulcahy. know about jocularity. Jocularity. Yeah, I don't know if you know that I'm a big fan of M.A.S.H. I have every episode.
2: Oh, I don't think we've talked about
1: that. Yeah, so... I knew exactly what you were saying. I was actually, actually, I said jocularity because of that. That's yeah, exactly you're probably the only one
2: from. who would have known that,
1: probably so, probably so. And those confessions probably just cost me half our listener base. <laughs> yeah. All
2: right. Let's get on to the somber stuff. Enough of this jocularity. Yes. Have you been
1: anywhere near a, have you been involved in a killer? Not a killer, but have you been a killing spree? A killing
2: spree. I have not. Uh, I've been, I've been blessed, for lack of a better word. And we've had a number of murders in Columbia. I've never been near that area. I've never been near shots fired. I have classmates from my high school graduation that have been killers. And they are, some have been executed and some died in prison and whatnot. But I've never been part of it. Right. Never near it. Never felt danger. Never had that sense of dread, like, oh, my God. If he he comes in that door, I'm next. Exactly. Uh, No, I've never been in that. Yeah. One week after we moved to Columbia,
1: we were here about one week, and the church we attended in Fort Worth, Texas, had a person come in randomly and went into the church we attended and uh, killed several people, wounded several people. So we knew many people that were victims of that shooting, but that was a week after we moved here. Wow! When we lived in Texas, I worked in Dallas, Fort Worth. Two people shot each other in a parking lot, but that was a personal thing. Mm -hmm. It was between a gentleman from El Salvador and another gentleman from Puerto Rico. Wow. And that was a shooting over. I'm not sure what it was. And then um, the job I had before that, I worked at, or a couple of jobs before that, I worked for a freight company and a man came in and, with a pistol and started shooting because he was looking for someone who was a man that uh, he thought was uh, sleeping with his wife. As a teenager, I was with a few other teenagers and we were in a field, running across a field, and someone came out of their house and was shooting at us. But it was quite such a big distance. I-, I never really count that because it was so far away. I'm like, Were they he's shooting just firing the warning Shots, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't turn around to see. Didn't, didn't check. If He was shooting toward us, but I didn't hear the. Uh, I didn't hear anything flying by right. me as in terms of a bullet and i was assuming he was shooting in the air because we're gonna let this go wherever it goes so there's nothing pre-planned nothing there's no script here we're just going to talk about it and share your frustration and maybe hopefully we can find by the time we meddle through uh some kind of encouragement or something of some sort i don't know
2: i don't know either well to follow up on hartley's comment about the bowling alley. i did not get on my phone i didn't check all the news that was going on i heard san mateo because we just had another shooting in california the day before and there was one in uh washington last night and i got home and i actually kind of settled down i was talking to my wife and i pulled up the article and i went courtney that was in half moon bay and for those of you that don't know my sister-in-law Courtney's sister, lives in Half Moon Bay. So I asked, have you talked to Electra? She said, no. Do you think I should call her? Now, they're two hours behind us. This is around 10 p.m. our time. I said, yeah, I think you should. You never want to start going down those roads where you exactly. start to panic. But I said, if nothing else, she'll know that you're checking in. So she called her, and Electra was fine. Uh, her, her and her family, they were fine. And she was aware of what had happened. And she actually apologized to Courtney for not calling and telling her you know, just to let you know we're okay. Half Moon Bay, for those of you who don't know, is a little small town south of San Francisco. As it would imply, it's on the bay, not a huge town. So when you hear about seven deaths and another critically injured in a smaller-sized town, you start to go, wow, we should probably check in on the people we know that live there. Exactly. But you know, kind of the knee-jerk reaction, at least for me, and maybe you feel this way, it seems, it seems like as these continue to fill up, the response becomes another one exactly i can't keep track anymore I, I don't know what to do with that information yeah it's it, it just gets to where it is
1: far beyond sobering almost beyond overwhelming i think one's own personal experience with guns and how they feel about that and whether they're pro gun for me stating personally my experience with guns is first of all i'm not i'm not a hunter and never have been And do you have guns that you own? Uh, I own a rifle that was my grandfather's, Mm -hmm. a rifle that was my brother's, and he wasn't much of a, a hunter either, before his accident. Right. And then I have a pistol that it's just a hand pistol that was my father's, and the only reason he had he owned it was it was, uh, the gun that he had to purchase when he was a security guard, for a brief period of time with Pinkerton security in Kansas City. I guess my answer is really no. I don't own guns for personal protection yeah. Yeah. or safety. My whole gun history is we were in the state of Missouri uh, as I was growing up, we were required to take a hunter education course that taught you about gun safety. We had riflery, archery archery things like that. That would be junior high. Mm-hmm. In high school, the father of one of my close friends actually was a gun dealer. It wasn't his main occupation. He was actually a school administrator, but his dad Larry said you shoot him you got to clean him <laughs> and because he was a gun dealer and would sell him we really had to clean him right so i'm like oh this is one reason i'm never owning a gun i don't, I don't want to clean like this uh, but we just did it we actually would go out to a wildlife area out uh, outside of town and we filled up two liter bottles of you know with water mm-hmm. and took video cameras and i mean it was more just for fun of watching things but and he, he actually did have a 44 magnum so it was kind of dirty hairy yes if you know that reference Um, uh uh you know that was a scene that was a scene that we filmed where we just imitated that with the 44 and then i also did a little bit of skeet shooting when i was in high school with some other friends i pastored a church a rural church in south missouri and one of the members of that church was a deputy sheriff and he had a glock so i shot the glock gun a couple of times that would have been like 1992 and then the next Time I shot a gun was probably three years ago, three or four years ago at an event you were at. Yes, the meet, the meet, and, skeet. The meet and skeet. I did some one of sc- my
2: favorite events of all time. Skeet shooting there. Did you shoot? Did you? Sh- I did. did you? Yeah. Okay, so poorly. Yeah, but I did shoot. <laughs> I do not own a gun. My father has some guns like your family. There's some that were passed down from parents and grandparents somewhere in our family history. We have a gunsmith that was somewhat famous. And my dad has bought two of his rifles, long rifles from the 1800s. And he wants to pass them down to us. They're not being fired. They're Mm -hmm. definitely display, but he's got shotguns and he's got some pistols and whatnot. And m one, and I've shot quite a bit at his house when we were growing up, he actually uh, left those unlocked and we, I'll never forget. We were shooting in the side yard and we lived just off the edge of town, and at one point a patrolman pulled up, stopped in our driveway, <laughs> wanted to know if we knew anything about anybody shooting guns out there. Right. Well, of course, we lied our ass off. Uh, I had been shooting red wing blackbirds, and this was with a six shooter, a twenty two caliber right. pistol, which you not. I don't think you're supposed to be able to hit. A red-winged blackbird from that distance with that gun, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I was so busted. I thought he was going to see the dead bird and was going to arrest me. I was probably 13 or 14 years old. So I'm not anti-gun. I don't own one, but I I don't care if you want to own a hundred of Of them. I don't care. No other nation has more civilian guns than people. That comes up a lot, especially in our culture in the United States. We are a gun-owning culture. There's something unique about the DNA of Americans. I've, I've thought about this for decades. I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that a lot of us came here because we didn't like where we used to live, <laughs> and there was a lot of space, <laughs> and we took it right from those people that used to own it, claimed it as our own, and uh, guns were part of the fabric of the Western migration. You know, we're kind of done migrating. That, and have been for, yeah, I mean, some 100 and time. some odd years. And yet we, we own more guns than any other country on the face of the earth. We have more homicides. We have more accidental deaths. I mean, there's just something about the American DNA that I don't completely understand. Hartley and I both looked at the same article and have it in front of us. The headline is Three Weeks and 39 Mass Shootings. This is America in 2023. Being a numbers guy, it's kind of stunning when you think about 39 mass shootings. And I will say, this did not include the one from Washington that happened last night. This right. article i already printed. So, I mean, we're already at 40. And actually, I haven't checked in the last few hours. <laughs> Courtney was trying to tell me about two that happened in Louisiana yesterday when I yesterday? was telling her about this one. I'm like, I didn't even see those. I don't have time to keep track of them. It's, it's happening so fast, I can't keep track. So, it, it almost feels like, as a, as a nation, it's kind of the reaction now. was like, oh, another one. How many died this time? Where was it? All right, so I'm going to try to find this thing that Courtney was talking about. Baton Rouge nightclub shooting, injures 12 one day ago. Two days ago, Shreveport, Louisiana, eight people shot in a home in Louisiana. So that must be the two in Louisiana she was talking about. Yeah. Eight people shot at a home two days ago, and 12 people shot at a nightclub. I guess if 12 are injured, none die. It's not a mass shooting, according to the FBI. Three had to die? Three had to, yeah, three have to die. So that doesn't even go into the statistics. No. Yeah, so we had on January 22nd, the two Louisianas and a Mississippi. And then on the 23rd, we had two Californias and an Illinois. Uh, One was in Oakland, one was Half Moon Bay. So it was two different locations. And then this is Chicago, Illinois. And then today, we've already got uh, North Carolina. Oh, I didn't know about that. (laughs) It's It's happened happened today. today. (laughs) Reed Springs. We had no mass shootings on the 18th, 19th, or 20th of January. So those were three days, three of celebration. days, of nothing. And then we started piling them up three on the 22nd, three on the 23rd and one already today that's been reported. And it's not even nighttime yet.
1: So in 20, 2018, there were 336 mass shootings. Let me just put these together. So we have it in impact. 336 in 2018, 417 in 2019, 610 in 2020, 690 in 2021, 647 in 2022. And I remember 30 of those in 2022, 30 of them were in December. Cause I remember, Oh, I remember just being somewhat astonished at that, that there's
2: so we had 30 in December of 22. We've already have over 40 in, in January, January of, of 23. It's a bad trend, right? We're not here to offer solutions. Right. God knows there's people who are much more educated about this than we are, and they haven't found a solution yet. Right. But it's definitely a trend that seems to be getting worse. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know that anybody is. You know, how do we deal with it? I don't want to become numb. I don't want to have the next one that hits the page and me go, eh. Uh, what is that? Is that 52 now? I don't want to be... I don't want to be that statistician
1: and all of this is on the heels of a story that I'm still struggling two weeks later to wrap my head around how a six-year-old can have a gun and shoot a teacher at at, at nearly point blank range at the age of six.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. And this was a legal gun owner. She, at least we, I understood the, the story, she yes, has taken story some came precautions, out in the last uh, 48 hours or so. Yeah, yeah. To put it on a top shelf of a closet. And I don't know if it was in a locking mechanism or something of that nature, but it wasn't like she left it on the, the bedside table. Like I say, you scratch your head and go, what? I think
1: one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this here is because it seems like so many people that surround me are just not affected by it. They don't have a reaction when they hear about
2: the shooting. Mm hmm.
1: There was more than one person I mentioned that to and it just didn't even phase them. Did
2: not even phase them. Yeah, I know when I read it, I was just stunned. Yes. And my mind was racing going, six year old taking a gun to school? Yes. How is that even possible? And pulling it out and shooting. Yeah. A had, had a bullet in it.
1: Yes. It wasn't like click. It had a some kind of trigger lock on it, so knew how to Oh wow. Knew how to disengage that trigger lock. How does that happen at six years of age?
2: Not sure. On the positive side, you might say at least the kid was learning a lot about guns and you would hope gun safety, but somewhere the message got lost that it was okay to take that lock off and shoot your teacher. So maybe there were good intentions, but bad results. I, I don't know. And the updated story
1: included prayers and well wishes and kind words about the teacher from the family. Yeah. I think they even spoke well of the teacher of how,
2: So it wasn't a kid that got disciplined, got mad, brought a gun
1: and shot the teacher. That's what it (laughs) seems. I mean, we don't have all of the details on that, but from 2015 through 2020, there were at at least, at least, they don't even know for sure, 2070 unintentional shootings by children under 18 Mm -hmm. in the United States. Resulted in 765 deaths. Wow. And... Almost 1,400 injuries. 765 people are killed by children under 18 in a five-year period unintentionally. So
2: accidental deaths. A study published late
1: last year in the JAMA Network Open analyzed firearm deaths over the past three decades. A total of more than 1 million lives
2: lost since 1990. Mm -hmm. You remember the Gabby Giffords and she got shot? at one of the campaign events. And these are NRA members. And I thought they had an interesting stance. They said, look, we're not, because that's the big fear, right? The NRA keeps saying, you're never going to take my gun away out of my dead, cold hand or whatever the phrase exactly. is. And that's a, a a way to generate some fundraising every time Congress, every time we have one of these mass shootings, and if it's a Democratic Congress, there's this fear that there's going to be this, I guess, guys in black in the middle of the night are going to come take your guns away and i i feel confident when i say this that's never going to happen in this country oh i I would i don't know why i mean we saw it happen in new zealand after the the church attack a few years ago they just they came and said that's it we're done but it's a much smaller country it's an island i mean that's never going to happen here in my opinion and yet that seems to be the fear that drives up the fundraising and a lot of the protests against any type of gun control, but I remember Mark Kelly and, and Gabby Gifford said, look, we are NRA members to the core. We own guns. We support it. And yet we feel like something needs to be done legislatively. And I would love to believe that legislation would solve all our problems, but we know it doesn't. Um, there's there's a, an old law. Perhaps you would like to speak to this. My recollection was it's from one of the original commandments. It says, thou shalt not kill. That law has been on the books a long time, An incredibly it long. Doesn't time. seem to be working, <laughs> so I don't think we can legislate this, and that seems to be the knee-jerk reaction most of the time. Uh, although now it seems like we're in a period of numbness. It does, as we said earlier. Another one:
1: "Thou shalt not kill" is there for a reason. It dictates how we are in relationship one to another but also it says something about the value of life. I do think it is important to present something to note on the side of faith for Christ-following people. Uh, This this might be a good time to bring attention to what the Bible has to say about this topic, which will give us insight into and help us understand how God feels about this issue. Um, But I'm not, uh, I'll need to look some up. I'm going to invite us to take a break and I'll review some scriptures about violence after the break of course I'm saying after the break like we're going to go to an ad of course we don't we don't break for advertising because we are not sponsored commercial commercially but I do believe we've probably at this point reached our self-appointed preferred time limit for an episode so listener we'll pause the conversation here Ask you to sit with what we've shared so far, reflect on or sort out your own feelings or frustrations, and join us when we pick up the conversation on the next episode
0: of this podcast. This podcast is for the purposes of education, information, and entertainment only, and is not a replacement for the professional services of a financial advisor, financial planner, spiritual clergy, spiritual counselor, or spiritual director. We suggest you seek out a trained professional for help with your financial and spiritual needs. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest of Faith, Finances, and F-bombs are solely their current opinions based upon information they consider reliable. But do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations the host and guest may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions provided by the podcast host and guest are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.